Comments made on the Ceratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratoc Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. folks it's episode 29 of that android show the pre io edition the uh da, 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 or how, how are I you io I it's off to, <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh it's the other one and it goes right is in the sky isn't it google io google <laughs> oh no I'm, it's gonna be one of them I'm, days isn't it? <laughs> i'm jj meadow that's uh that's uh steve hi steve oh, hi there jj <laughs> And I'm Max Asana, <laughs> pretending I'm not in the room. <laughs> well, so this is the pre-IO pre- edition, so we're kind of in that holding period, waiting for things to be announced. And But there actually a lot has happened in the past month, Android accessibility-wise and otherwise. Uh, uh, a lot of new uh, game apps for Android, a new phone for Steve, and... Um, just a lot more and your mailbag all coming up so uh stay tuned to episode 29 of that android show but first the latest android news chrome 35 well you know that's like well chrome 35 that, that's that's a you know whatever they put out a new update every few weeks but a big uh, change for accessibility for us uh, chrome is one of those um things that uh, what's the word for it uh Annoying, pesky. Yeah, pesky. Well, it works, but it it has its temperamental nature. Well, you said has had would I think now be yes. the appropriate yes, word here? Yes. Well, yeah, um, because Chrome thirty five has integrated accessibility. Now this is a big freaking deal because normally the way Chrome works is that we have this web view that filters the content for us, and so this web view works, but sometimes it gets stuck, and so there's there are these five to sec- ten second times of meditation between uh, oh. starting the page loading and getting it to exactly. <laughs> um, um. <laughs> oh, okay. there it is. Okay, okay, we're back. And then the, so 35 fixes this. Now, I don't think it makes it a better web browser. Firefox is still the best web browser out there. It's, it's really cool, at least yeah. in my opinion. But this is definitely cool for the some of the apps uh, that default to Chrome. Now, where it doesn't help yet is for apps that use built-in web views that are based on Chrome. But I would wager that you know they fixed the one. The only reason they didn't fix the other is because it, it's, a, it's a core functionality and you can't just go back and fix that. Yeah. I'd wager it's right. coming in the next version. Right. That's. I mean, it's really exciting because with Google I.O. coming up, it, it kind of makes me wonder if they're going to start doing away with um, the web views. Because according to the information that was posted to the Eyes Free list about Chrome 35, TalkBack is now reading web content directly. And so you can read the contents of a page as it's loading. You don't have to wait for it to finish loading. Um, The page itself loads faster. Both swiping and explore by touch are more responsive and one quirk, if you're a, an explorer, you would touch the web area of the page and there would be silence. So you would have to lift your finger and touch again. And 
according to what was posted, you don't have to do this anymore. You also get the same ear cons, the same groovy, yeah. zen-like talkback sound effects. <laughs> and um, there's also better braille back support. Now, there are still kinks. Um, some talkback commands don't work very well, and some web pages don't cooperate very well. But what is exciting is that it, it sounds like talkback will connect directly with the app instead of going through this that's what I was seeing. web filter. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and the web pages I was using. I mean, that's what that's what I've been noticing, and it seems to be a lot more fluid and just and uh, a lot better. Yeah. Another new uh, uh, Google accessibility person, by the way, or an Android person, on posted that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura, realized. wasn't it Laura or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hi, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think you know if that's a precursor of some things to go. That to me, the the web view issue and the lockups is the biggest, the single biggest issue with Android accessibility these days and probably one of the biggest things that sometimes keeps me from recommending it to people. Not because it's more annoying than other things, but yes, because it is more annoying than some other things. The, a lockup is worse than something just working differently. You know, when you have a lockup, it's really hard to explain. Yeah, you just got to deal with the phone stopping for 10, 15 seconds. So that's just normal. And if we get rid of that or most of that, I think that really puts us, you know, much further along and really to the point now, you know, as a lot of the other core apps are getting fixed up, which many of them have been over recent months, I think we're just about there. Now, this um, update has been rolled out just in the last week or so. I haven't had a chance to play with it. Have either of you? A little bit. I mean, I've played with it to the extent that I see how it works now. Again, since it doesn't affect in-app web views, I don't entirely notice it. And right. I use Firefox as my browser. Right. But I saw it enough to see that if it works as advertised, it should be a, a big improvement. Yeah, I mean, I've played with it enough to know that what she described is accurate. I haven't played with it enough to know just whether the freeze-ups happen less often or anything like that. I was not noticing any freeze-ups when I was browsing with yeah, Chrome. Yeah, same here. So, that that's definitely encouraging. Yeah, I could did not test Braille. I haven't tested. Braille I forgot one. to test Braille actually. Although you know, recently the the Braille support on Chrome has been better. Um, for a long time there was none. You could read the um, menu at the top and your search string, but not the actual. That's body not very useful. The, yeah. Yeah. So, but recently we've had that, and so I, I didn't test that. So there was a little update that came out, and yeah, it was a really little update. Android 4.4.3 um, actually got rolled out on quite a few devices, pretty much most of the Google Play branded things, so the Nexuses, but then some of the others too that are also yeah. Google Play devices. A tiny little update. Uh, Steve, you noticed a thing or two, though, with TalkBack. Yeah. First of all, I must say I got it on my Nexus 5, but I didn't get it on my Nexus 7. I got it on my Nexus 7, though. No, I, I didn't. Gotten it on my seven okay, yeah. it just so, came in a day or two ago, so it's it's still yeah. rolling out, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. but the one thing I have noticed is that the talkback refresh bug is now fixed, or it appears to be. You know, where you used to go into some apps, and if they refresh, talkback would go bup, 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 and, and you know stutter, and, and 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 you know you couldn't read it because it just kept reading back the same thing again and again and again. That seems to have been fixed, and has certainly impacted on me because tweetings uh, used to suffer this a little bit. But now it no longer does, so that's good. That's the only real thing that I've noticed about 4.3. Somebody noticed that there's a direct dial button now on the phone app. What does that do? How is that supposed to work? Um, nobody has figured that 
cut out. So, <laughs> come, so, come, you know, come to that. Where the hell is it? Around on the <laughs> forum, you know, on, on the mainstream forums to figure out how it works. But apparently, this is you know a mystery. So we're, I haven't we're even still... seen it. I'm not even <laughs> seen it. So. Add random buttons. I think somebody's <laughs> making it up. You know, <laughs> I love that idea. What's just add a new button and make it do yeah. nothing just, just to have people cry? And like, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> Free $100 Play Store credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, but this is an interesting update because it's been rumored since the spring. It was rumored back in March or April. And at that time, I thought, well, this will happen. And then the rumor started again in like May. And I thought, why with Google I.O. coming up? But it, it actually was pushed out. And it's been pushed out very quickly. Updates generally take a, a month or so, and it seems like this one is moving a lot faster. Techies report that what's been changed are the kernel and the baseband. And so there's some speculation about how the Google Silver program, where Google is going to try to push updates more quickly, is um, in evidence. And so this is a good thing. It's a test run, yeah. Yeah. So... um I don't know. I, I'm wondering if this update is a prep for whatever is coming up next. So you wonder if whatever gets announced at I.O., will they, instead of just start pushing it out shortly after, will they actually say this will be released on like July 15th or something and then get it sent yeah. out to a whole bunch yeah, of devices? Exactly. You know, yeah. you could see something like that happening. I, they're not going to do that huge drawn out beta thing, but, you know, you know, I could see them holding on a few weeks and that could be a possibility. Yeah. What are they calling it? Lollipop, I've heard. I heard I've heard a lot less speculation <laughs> than in other years, but Lollipop seems to be Whoa, the... Everyone thought it was going to be Key Lime Pie. <laughs> I was love wrong. that. I love and maybe that. it was until uh, until they came along with, hey, we have money and we'll give it to you for Kit Kat. Kit- 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 and, uh, yeah, yeah. By the way, I'm upset talking about KitKat. There's no more codes on on the uh, KitKat wrappers anymore, so you can't win Play Store Isn't vouchers. That sad? <laughs> you won five bucks, right? Five pounds. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, I won five pounds on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of KitKat, it is now on 13 percent of Android devices after nine months. Um, after nine months. But, you know, this article that, that is in the show notes is really odd. So it says that more devices are running KitKat than Ice Cream Sandwich, which is great. But the most popular OS version is still Gingerbread. Oh, wow. Isn't that freaking sad? It is. And, and I know this. Wow. I mean, I know this. When I read the, the Spanish list, a lot of people are still running gingerbread and their phones are relatively new and that's part of that whole third world gets screwed thing that just pisses me off but anyway the um most popular version is still jelly bean which is good but i'd like to see a a country breakdown i know well that's what i have yeah i would like to see a country breakdown on that i know Mm. see how that yeah and well well we've, we've beat that drum to death before (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah. for uh, yeah. for uh, discussions about uh, fragmentation and um, you know not getting updates and things, you can go see that Android show one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, the cool thing is that as of four point one, you know, one Android phone is not so different from the other, especially accessibility wise. So that's true. So that's good. That's and good. the decoupling of apps—that's the word they like to use. But you know. Most of your core apps now are not in the core, and so that you know it, it now it's a, it's more like an operating system, which is really what it is. What it was supposed to be in the first place, right. and uh, so you know 
the updates are becoming less and less. Well, notice we've it's been nine months since we've had an update from four four, and they right. were kind of going on a, a screaming pace for a little bit. Right, they were going at least every six months or or less. So things have changed a lot. Samsung might be ditching them entirely. Yeah, yes. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, come on, Samsung, they, they, they don't need Android at this point to survive. No. Well, Samsung has worked really hard to promote TouchWiz in an era where everybody else is kind of cutting back. I mean, we have Motoblur, which um, has slowly, slowly, slowly disappeared, disappeared. Good, good, mm, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we have TouchWiz just staying along, growing, Getting better, and Steve's going to do a demo on that later in the show. Yes, getting more, yeah, getting more accessible. Yes, lovely. So you have an S five now. I have an S five. Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, then there's some cool stuff there, and, and we'll talk about that. I mean, obviously, we've talked about the S five a bit, but mm. you know, it gives you some hope too. If if Samsung is going to ditch Android, go over ties, and there's already uh, accessibility documentation for developers in there. I'm not sure how much of it's built in, but there's I think there's some definite hope that a lot of this will translate over to if Samsung the Galaxy S six or whatever, maybe they'll have a new name for it at that point. Mm. If it becomes something new, we'll have yeah. a new. Um, you know, accessibility candidate and a new um, podcast for Joy to Create. My only, my, my only concern about all this is we'll have another app store, play store, call it what you like, Tizen store. So there'll be another ecosystem. Yep. You know, well, actually, the article in Forbes says that Samsung is being really smart about it. Forbes has this very, you know, conspiracy behind the scenes, big business, blah, blah, theory going on. But um, what they say is that Samsung started with an operating system they called Bada, which, of course, no one had ever heard of. And the devices didn't really sell because this was around the time that the iPhone was released and became the darling of everybody. But uh, Samsung started working with Android where we had free open source and, and Samsung could uh, imprint itself a little on its devices and blah, blah, blah. And so Samsung was going along with Google and life was great. But then, um, you know, Google Google is, is Google and it, it's, you know, got its teeth sometimes and it uh, doesn't like it when the manufacturers get uh, a little too high and mighty. And so... It's asserted its its control over its operating system so that the consumer is getting more of the Google experience and less of the branding. And so what Samsung has done has been to continue to develop its own operating system, which is now Tizen. And it's starting to put Tizen underneath the um, TouchWiz so, for example, Samsung sold the Gear, which was a Google product, but now the Gear 2 is a Tizen product. And so what Forbes is saying is that what Samsung is doing is, is really promoting TouchWiz to get people interested in TouchWiz so that people will like the TouchWiz experience and not care whether Tizen is underneath it. But from a technical standpoint, Tizen is supposed to be compatible with Android so that developers don't have to create a whole separate app. The um, Android app should be able to run on Tizen. So, I mean, that's what 
this person who wrote the Forbes article is saying. So are they going to have, because right now, don't they have a, a Samsung store already of some sort? Right now, yeah. And so part of the speculation in this article is that developers have been reluctant to develop yet again. And then now that Microsoft is coming along and they're going to have to develop for that. That's just too much work. No, and they most don't. people want no, to they do. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, some yeah. will. Some will. Exactly. <laughs> Foolish people with extra dollars just to throw away at development. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Exactly. This would be one to watch, though. And um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about the S5 uh, a little later on. But speaking of new and interesting things that may be going on, we also have Project Tango. So this was a smartphone, and now it's going to be a 7-inch tablet. And the way it's described is Kinect-style vision. So basically, it's a device with 3D sensors and augmented reality potential. So, I mean, outside of accessibility, the first application I thought of was um, for scanning. Like, you know, when you go to court and have uh, go through the security scan, um, they go through your purse and your body and blah, blah, blah. But for us, what's really interesting is that this could be uh, sort of like what Google Glass is trying to do. In theory, if I walk into a room with a tablet like this, it'll let me know where furniture is so we don't have that chronic problem of hitting ourselves in the shins with the coffee table. And so developers can buy this for about $1,000 later this year, and it's not for consumers yet. Right now, it's just for developers um, working on stuff, and it's got really high-powered specs. It, the, the specs are almost like a computer, um, and that's because this 3D um, processing is going to take a lot of memory and a lot of speed and so on. So I think this is interesting, and I'm I think this may be an alternative to Google Glass. So I'm, I'm curious about it and I'm interested. Then who's going to walk around with a tablet as opposed to wearing glasses? What I mean by that is it's not a very ergonomically comfortable thing to walk around with pointing all over the place, is it? I agree. I think for me, it would have to be Google Glass, the glasses, or yeah. it would have to be like a watch. But I think the tablet's not quite... Uh, I mean, it's hard enough to juggle a cane and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but the idea is really good, and um, maybe once they work it out on a tablet, it's something we could be made smaller, we could wear it in some other way. More groovy news. We have quite a bit of accessibility news, a lot of bits and pieces to report. One new app that was mentioned on the Eyes Free list was Oculi. And the person who told us about it says it's more than just a simple replacement to mobile accessibility or equalize. Uh, he says that there are six commands that allow users to move through parts of the phone. For example, you swipe left or right to go through menu options. You double tap to select a menu option. Sounds like talk back to me. <laughs> uh, hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 Um, you hit the back button to go backward. That might sound like Android. <laughs> and, that and, but you use, but you use <laughs> T9 entry. Oh, now, the, the thing that makes me a little nervous and, and, 
You know, this was developed by some students in collaboration with some blind people who are on the ice free list and who are smart Android users. So I, I really want to give this the benefit of if the doubt. If that's the case, then yes. And I oh, want to try oh, oh. it. So next time, next time I will talk about it in more detail. Good. But what makes me a little nervous is that it is self-voicing. It doesn't, you need to suspend explore by touch and talk back to use it. And so I'm a little hesitant, but I will try it and I'll give it, I'll, I'll report back, gentlemen, ye skeptical My bodies. first question would be, how can you use regular Android apps with it then? If you've got, you know, mess around and re-enable talk back and, you know, all that sh you know, sorry, I, I didn't say that, did I? Um, <laughs> I know. No, come on, ladies are present. Sir. Come on, really? No, come on, Anne. You got to, you got to sell it to me. I'm, I'm waiting now. I can't wait to see. <laughs> well, see, I'm not sure either. I mean, it sounds like it it covers basic phone functions like texting and phone calling. So for me, it sounds like a replacement for mobile accessibility what? or equalized, but. He's yeah. he's saying it. It's not, and he's a good Android user. So I mean, he's an advanced Android user. So I'm going to I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it, and and I'll report back. Look, you know, I've had some customers over time call in and say that they use Android with with mobile accessibility, and they find it to be a really simplified interface yeah. for them. You know, and so I, like I do it. think sometimes we we do think as advanced users and forget that there might be a segment of users that would benefit from a different approach. And, you know, hey, that's the beauty of Android, though, too. I'm just saying, you know. My problem with all of these apps is that they're simplified, but the people then don't want the simplified user interface forever, and they say, well, I want to do something that they, they want to do in Android, and they can't because of this walled garden thing, you know. It's like Guide, you know, the uh, software for Windows, you know, puts you into a walled garden. Right. You, you can't come out of a, a, you know, Guide and use regular Windows apps. Now, it's the same with these apps. Um, now, with mobile accessibility, that was the exception because you could use it as a screen reader and come out and use regular Android apps. Now, if this... Yeah, that's why I, I, that's why I was yeah. okay with the approach, right? Because yeah. you could at least say... And it would say, hey, you're about to leave yeah, this... Uh, yeah. you know, the, it's kind of like when you're on yeah. a mud. Now, now if Oculus does that, then... You're about to enter you know, into I take the... it, everything back that I said. You know, that makes it more viable. But, you know, if you've got kind of six functions and you go, oh, we're going to let you do texting, we're going to let you do phone calls... But you can't do no more, you know. Then that's when I have a problem with it. Yeah. Then buy a Kona. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If that's what you want. Yeah. Or a Haven. Yeah. Or, yeah. or an Odin. Odin. Yeah. Odin. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But that's that was really my point, JJ. That simple is good, so long as it isn't forever. You know, some people want to grow, don't they? Yeah. They, you know. Well, equalize also as gives as people the option of stepping song, out. Um, this this app. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure, but this app is free, so you can try it without, you know. Free you forever, like it, free demo, free trial. It's it's free forever. Is it? It's a so, student project. Then, then we will try oh, so it, certainly. Um, I, I'll All right, know. we'll try it. If you tried it, uh, send us a, a report. Yeah, absolutely. A report yeah. on that, and uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll see what we can find I'll load out. it on my Nexus 5, see how well it works with TouchWiz. No, sorry, my S5, see how well it works with TouchWiz. <laughs> Did you, uh, by the way... With, with your S5, um, yeah. back to that for a sec, are you using Stock Launcher now instead of Nova? I am. Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely. Really cool. Yeah. Now, there's there's only one thing I miss on Nova, and that is the ability to uninstall an app from the home screen. You mm. know, because you can double tap and hold, and then you can uninstall an app from the home screen. You can't do that with TouchWiz, mm. but it's freaking awesome, I tell you. And mm. 
if you're really good, I shall put a demo in to the Dropbox so that we can put it on the podcast for this time oh. so you can hear the, the home screen business because I think yes. it's something that, that Nima Nima didn't mention and I think it's an important mm-hmm. accessibility thing that it, it sounds very iPhone-y, I have to say. Um, that's what Patrick said before we went on the air, wasn't it? It sounds iPhone-y. And he's right, you know, the, the way it works. But if, if it works well, don't, don't – uh, why change it, you know? Don't knock it. Exactly. You know? exactly. You know? I like the demo when I was playing with it in the store, and that's without me doing the customizations and adding eloquence and whatever else. Yeah. Which yeah. really gets me excited. Well, I've got, I've, got acape- I've got acapella and eloquence on here, so I can demo with either. Right. And there you go. Yeah. All right. Some more beta tester news. Flexi, whom we have begged on, I mean commented on, on this show, is now looking for beta testers. They want beta testers who are willing to go to the Bay Area. And if you're interested, that's the San Francisco Bay Area in California. And if you're interested, you would um, go into the Google Plus and uh, sign up as yeah, a beta it's, so it's just like way. it's just like beta for any other Android app except it's in person. Right. Generally, if you want to Google's beta community thing, you sign up for a Google Plus group. Um, I'm in a couple apps where this happens, and then and then you can get pushed updates ahead of time, um, and that's how that works. Are are you in the the Bay Area there? Uh? I don't know. Is that further I'm, away? From I'm, you? It's a little far for me. It's about four mm. mile four hours away. But I'm going to try to schedule something. Um, I contacted them and asked if they would be beta testing around Google I.O. And they're not sure. So I've, I've told them I can uh, go before. You're going to I.O. I.O. Bit far for me. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a big uh, trip just for <laughs> that's, a beta. That's a long I mean. walk. <laughs> or swim, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a little bit of a swim, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, J.J., are you participating in the... Uh, Testing for Uber? Uh, well, I signed up for it, but I don't think much has come. They, I, I, I put up a note about accessibility, but I don't think it got much uh, mileage. I guess mm-hmm. that would be a good word to use there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes. um, the Lyft app on Android is much better than the Uber app. The Again, it's one of those that perhaps the web views in 4.5, if it comes, will fix a lot of the problems with Uber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some unlabeled buttons and some other things as well. Um, I've generally been doing Uber on my iPad. Which what is, what is, is Uber? Remind me. me. Oh, sorry, I'm... Uber is one of the uh, the car sh- uh, ride sharing services. Oh, so there's okay. Uber and there's yeah. Lyft. Yeah. And uh, really cool services uh, as far as accessible transportation. Just keep the cities out of the way from the, the cab companies that are trying to lobby against them because. Yeah. They are of scared. Course. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Um, but the Lyft app on Android is really good. Probably ninety-five percent there, but definitely good enough to use. And it, Uber uh, needs a little bit of help. So if you are, are an Uber user, be sure to you know contact the uh, them people, them peoples, and, them uh, peoples, them yes, ones. <laughs> and one more bit of beta testing news: Project Ray is looking for beta testers, and they have a simplified interface for an android phone so if you want a smartphone without uh, a lot of muss and fuss then this might mm, be a product for maybe. you maybe you know made yeah. it you know you know hey again we we, we kind of knock these simple interfaces but if this is something that you think could work for you then yeah. you know maybe get yeah, on the beta yeah. for this thing and help steer it in the direction that you think Absolutely, would be beneficial yeah. Yeah. exactly because you're you're exactly the type of user they're looking for yeah. and we'll we'll link to our interview uh, with them that we did last year Excellent, excellent. 
More news that would be of interest to us is that Google now has transit cards that allow you to set alarms for your stop. Oh. Now, this is groovy. So the way it works is yeah. you get on the bus <laughs> and then you open Google Now. So you have to open Google Now and then you have cards for things like homework, places you go to frequently. And so you select that and then you may get an option for an alarm that is going to be at your stop. And I, I love the Android Police article about this because it talked about how this might be a useful thing for people who are out with their associates, Smirnoff, Daniels, and Cuervo, you know. <laughs> so you might uh, need a little help there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, I, I've done, I definitely slept past my stop before, and it's not fun to have to ride all the way back around. Oh, no. Uh, the city no. I live in, which has miserable public transportation to begin with, you have to basically loop around or or catch a bus that's going to take you to the you know southeast end of town mm. <laughs> and then take to catch the the hookup back you yeah. know it's you miserable. don't want to miss your stop no. and no. it's a nifty new little idea so uh again i love what google does with public transit and uh, mm. another little kind of fun one to play with there absolutely we got a lot more coming up uh we've interviewed the uh developers of dice world dice world is on android i i love dice world actually myself and that's a game i've been playing for a while and i love the android implementation of dice world a lot too it's really snappy especially with eloquence uh you can play games like yahtzee and farco and a couple others against uh random people you can uh, or, or your friends uh whether they're on android or ios and uh you can win and uh just don't tweet about it if you win. God's <laughs> sakes. <laughs> well, like you, did, like you did when you won you get Quizlet. two extra yeah, gold. Or yeah, whatever, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. You get a couple gold, but that's about it. Yeah. A lot of cool games. Um, another one called Quiz Up, which I'm going to review a little later on, which is a fun uh, multiple choice quiz game, trivia game for Android and accessible. So uh, stay tuned. That mailbag, Steve playing with a phone, and uh, more. <laughs> This is a quick demo of the um, home screen of the S5 and I say a quick demo because uh, there's a lot of accessibility features in the S5. I'm sorry it's a bit echoey, I'm in the dining room because I've got the phone on the table and things like that but uh, and the washing with the dishwasher going in the background, I do apologise for that. I have talked quite a lot on Twitter and things like that, well actually not on Twitter but to people about the S5 and its additional accessibility over Android in general. And there's a couple of things I just want to show you. The first is I want to prove to those people who don't believe it that it does in fact work uh, when you press triple tap home. So if I do this, one, two, three. Talkback is disabled. And if I do it again, one, two, three. Talkback is enabled. There you back go. And we're back. Triple tap does work. And I explain in the show, in this show as well, that you're hearing, hopefully, how to get a Triple Tap Home to work. I'm going to talk about the TouchWiz home screen. Now, normally with Android, when you move anything around, you kind of know where you're putting things because you, you kind of muscle memory, you know, you've got your positioning on the screen and so on. But I want to show you something. I'm going to move an app around the screen. Uh, so I'm going to actually move it and put it somewhere else. And uh, then you'll see uh, how accessible, in fact, it is. And even more so than 
you know, a pure Google phone. And I'm really pleased that Samsung have done this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find Dogcatcher, my podcast program. There it is. And I'm going to move it. I'm going to move it. It's on row two, column one, I believe. And I'm going to move it to row two, column three. So if I double tap and hold. Uh, I want it on three. So I'm going to remove. And there we are. So if I look for it now. It's there. It's to the right of Play Store, which was row two, column two. So I'm now, I'm going to put it back. There you go, we're on. So, did I move that to? Yeah, I moved it too far. So, if I go, if I come to the right. So, I've moved it back now to page three, which is where I wanted it, I think. No, I haven't, actually. Um, that's the only thing I haven't, um, this is of course recorded live, so um, that's the only thing I haven't noticed, and that is that, uh, page two six. Uh, it, is, it is on page three, page three of six. there we go, so, so so where is Dogcatcher now, is it on page two then, page two of six. Uh, yeah it is, so if, if we move it, if we get it to page three, the only, the, only, the only thing I haven't worked out yet is how you easily control each page that you're on. So um, that is, I is a bit strange. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even sure where it's gone now. I think it's gone. I think it's gone to page one now. No, oh, we was on page one. Okay, so. I'm just swiping now simply because no, it's, it's not anywhere. I can't find. <laughs> is it back on page two? Let's have a look. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. So, how do we move it then to page three? That's interesting. So, page one seems to be at the top. And, and now we got it on page one, I believe. Um, and the control is quite interesting because I can't seem to easily control where it goes. Um, so that's a quite an interesting one. Um, so what I'm going to do, and in fact, removing it is still is still hit and miss actually because. You, it's near the top center um, where the camera is, I believe, but you, I still find it hard to get to the remove item. See, it's not saying remove now. Um, most of the time, I can get it, but if you if you touch the notifications by accident, they like that. Um, it goes back into the position it was before, um, which is kind of strange and a bit trippy. And that's the dock. That's where the dock is. Um, so it's not in position one of the menu bar because I don't want it there. And um, but uh, it's it's a strange. Let's come back over here. Yeah, it's not over to the left. 
his page. So it's still not perfect. Um, but the fact that it's... Hey. I don't want to do that. Oh, it's, it's gone into a folder now because I've obviously put it on... So what's... So this is this is the other problem. So it's not quite as good um, as iOS um, or anything like that. But it's not bad. It's it's not bad. Um, Samsung seem to have. I'm going to see if I can remove that folder now, but I can't. It's made another folder now. That's interesting. Isn't it? It's. Um, it's quite interesting. Um, but now I've actually removed it because I took it near the top center, which is a good thing. I haven't removed it. I've now got two unnamed folders. Um, so removing things don't seem to be don't seem to be that uh, intuitive. It's still in rogue one column one whatever. But we're on one of my home screens that I don't really use. I don't use page one very much, so we can play. Now, um, let's go back to page three. My magazine. My magazine. Ah, come on. My magazine. Oh, that's magazine. Page one of six. Let's go back there. My magazine. Ah, I see My what it's doing. Screen. Because page two of six. There we go. Page three of six. Okay, so I'm now back on the home page, and uh, what I'm going to do is Internet. I'm going to go into Application. applications, applications, and I'm going to find Dog Catcher again. And believe it or not, it started on the last page I was on. I was on page three. I think it's on page two. Uh, there it is. And I'm going to put it back on this uh, screen, this home screen three, where I want it, which is just hold it. And I want it there. Okay. So now it's back on my, my page where I wanted it. It's a bit strange. It's a bit hit and miss on the removing of apps. Uh, it's still not as nice as Nova Launcher, where you can double tap and hold and then get options like remove and things like that. But the fact that it reads you the row and column numbers, you don't actually have to remember your position. And uh, I'm going to give you this in its entirety just to show you that it's, it's still not perfect. Um, but the fact that uh, Samsung have got TalkBack to speak things that Google doesn't speak, like the, uh, the row uh, and the column positions... Uh, I think that's pretty good progress. Uh, I hope they'll make it easier to find the trash can. It's it's not it's not greatly easy to find if you can't see. I guess once I find it, because I don't often remove icons, um, I'll know where it is. And I've only had this thing a couple of weeks, and I thought it was top center near the camera, but I can't quite find it. Uh, but it's better. It's it's improved, and. Uh, Hats off to uh, Samsung for that. And certainly hats off for the uh, triple tap home to turn it on and off. And uh, also for the uh, dark screen, which is uh, Samsung's version of screen curtain for the iOS folks. So, yeah, Samsung are really going above and beyond what Google natively is doing in terms of accessibility. And, of course, they've also got negative colors. So for people with low vision... Uh, you can magnify uh, the colors and uh, not only magnify, sorry, but change the colors. So you can have uh, a contrast, you know, white on black instead of black on white. 
I can't uh, comment on how good that is. Maybe Joe can, uh, but uh, at least we have got negative colors, which we haven't got again in native Android. So I just thought I'd show you a couple of the uh, accessibility features of the S5. I'd say the S5 is a really good phone to get for those who want it. It may be a bit big for some people, but for those with low vision, it's got a nice big screen. It's a nice phone to feel in the hand. And there we are, I've just turned the screen off. Um, it is a nice feeling phone. It fits nicely in my hand and uh, I like it. I'm very happy with it. Still got a physical home key. Uh, you can also set the answer to home. Um, so you can, you can press the home button to answer and you can press the power button to end a call, of course. So, which Android does anyway, but Android doesn't natively let you press the home button to answer because most phones don't have a physical home button. Samsung's do. And I think, again, this is great for blind people because the home button is dead easy to find. Haven't played with the fingerprint scanner yet, uh, but I guess I'll get round to it one day if I can be bothered. I think it's a bit of a novelty item, really. And uh, But this is just a few impressions of the S5 and its accessibility. I love moving things around the screen, but actually removing them from the screen is still a bit tricky. But at least we've gone a bit further. Now Samsung does tell us what row and column we're on, so we don't have to kind of remember, and we know if we're in the middle of the screen and uh, so on. So with that, I'm going to wrap up for now. I hope you've enjoyed it, and thanks for listening to The Android Show. Hey everyone, Joe Steinkamp here, and I'm filling in for Anna, and she really wanted to be here to do this because you all know how much Anna loves games, or at least so she has not told us so on any of the news segments. Uh, but she can't be here today, so I'm stepping in for a moment to interview Nick Barbado from Dice World. As many of you know, this is a person you might feel very compelled to talk to if you follow uh, Twitter or Facebook or other people in social media because you might already know about Dice World or you might have heard Nick on one of our previous podcasts. However, we invited Nick to come on that Android show because, well, Dice World's coming to Android and is on the Google Play market now. Go get it. Go grab it. Go have fun. But let's have a few questions with Nick and talk about how the response has gone so far. Before we do that, let's go ahead and get over some of the particulars by saying, hi, Nick, how's it going? Uh, it's going great, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show. Not a problem. Okay. Well, as you can tell by that very long intro, we are huge fans here at uh, Sarah Talk Podcast Network. And we think that more fans will love to know more about you and your company. How how long have you guys been together as a team? Uh, have you worked on other projects? Uh, and how long has this particular project been in development? It's me and another guy who started the company. Um, we started on our spare time from our day jobs, which is also uh, developers, but for large consulting firms just working on large government projects, payroll systems and case management systems and stuff like that. So when uh, the mobile market started to bloom, we decided to try it out and uh, started developing for iOS. And our first project together was a uh, multiplayer game. It wasn't a dice game. It was a, just to kind of get our, uh, our framework written. It was actually a Rochambeau game, you know, a rock, rock, paper, scissors game. And uh, we worked out a lot of bugs and got our framework on the server working pretty well with that. Unfortunately, not too many people want to play Rochambeau long term, so that one didn't really work out for us. The next idea was a dice game, but we didn't want to just have one dice game. We wanted to have like a one-stop shop 
for all the fun dice games, and I was actually addicted to a Farkle game, but it was a Farkle game where you couldn't play against anybody else. It was just a one-player Farkle game, and I wanted to play against other people, so we decided to start out with Farkle, and that slowly bloomed into Dice World. That's pretty much where the idea came from. It just came from being uh, addicted to Farkle and knowing that we uh, wanted to do something like it, and it's turned out pretty well so far, and it's been going now for three years, I think, since we first started on it, and uh, now we're finally on the Android market, so that was a big step for us. So what you're saying is uh, repression, mathematics, and the need not to look at productivity software is what drove you to roll dice in an alley. Was the first word depression? Is that what you said? Uh, no, 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 <laughs> I was, I was saying accurate. that, uh, well, it could be, I mean, if, if you, if you were in government work and I was a former government employee for 10 years, so I, I know where you're going with that. But, uh, so all of that led you into, uh, wanting to do more gaming. Uh, were you a gamer prior to all of that? Were you, were you and, and your co-conspirator into gaming on mobile devices or consoles or PC gaming? Uh, back in the day before I was married and had kids, it was PC games. But uh, as far as mobile devices, it was games like uh, Words with Friends, you know, which is kind of the same flavor, multiplayer, turn-based on your own time. That's, that's the model we like, so that's where we went with that. I don't know, I think it's great just to be able to pick up and play a few moves and set it down. You're not committed to sitting there and playing a full game all at once. So that's just the direction we went with that. And it wasn't uh, just uh, wanting to be a game developer. It was just wanting to... I mean, you're a developer, so you know... When you're out there working for the big companies and just slugging along in your cubicle, it can get pretty depressing. And being able to do your own thing and actually create something and have people like it and be able to build on it has been uh, really exciting for the both of us. Were there, uh, well, well, let's back up for a second. Can you give an idea to our listeners uh, what games are in Dice World? And were there one or two games that were just didn't make the cut that may not have translated well? Well, Farkle was the one that started it all, and that's probably still my favorite game. Then Yahtzee, which is just based on the uh, Yahtzee game that's been out there forever by Hasbro. It seems like everybody knows how to play with that one, so it's kind of a fallback for everybody. Uh, it's a great game, but, I mean, that was uh, just to get more people involved. Balut, we kind of got hooked on as we were researching. We just Googled for the uh, most addictive dice games out there and then started playing them all. And Balut, there wasn't much out there uh, in the App Store to offer it. And it is a really fun game. It's kind of like Yahtzee on steroids. And then uh, Pig was just so frustrating that we had to include that. It didn't come out in the initial version, but uh, when we first developed it, and then it got us, you get so infuriated playing it that uh, it's perfect for a little mobile game to pick up and play real quick and win or still end up yelling at your phone. And then as far as some other games... uh, We'd like to add a few in the future. Right now, we're just concentrating on making the the Droid release as solid as possible and getting the two apps completely in sync between iOS and Droid. And then we've got a couple ideas for a couple other dice games to add. As far as the ones that didn't make the cut, well, some people have requested Bunko, but there's really no strategy to Bunko, so we're still looking into that right now. It depends on user feedback. But that one, uh, I mean, you just roll a dice and there's no, no taking chances or anything like that, so I'm... We're just going to wait and see uh, what more users think. Definitely open to any ideas somebody has. Well, you mentioned iOS. You came to that platform first, and we talked a little bit before we started recording about some of the challenges of developing on Android. Let's kind of just for a moment here, how did you come about towards accessibility in iOS, and did that 
success with the blind community and the low vision community kind of alter your perception when you went into Android? Well, the way we got into it was uh, kind of a fluke. We had a user early on, um, this was over two years ago now, leave us a review on the App Store that said, thank you for making your game mostly accessible. So I reached out to that user and figured out what she was talking about. And luckily, we had named a lot of the button labels and stuff like that so the screen reader could read them. But I mean, it really, it was still very difficult to play with voiceover on. So uh, over the next few months, just dug in and tried to learn everything that we could about voiceover and slowly just uh, retrofitted the game to make it completely accessible. And I think it's pretty well fully uh, accessible right now. And we're still working at it. I mean, this next release that I just submitted to the App Store yesterday has some tutorials, and they're fully accessible. And it's just turned out great. I mean, there's such a great feedback from the low vision community. I mean, we get uh, some really nice emails, and it just feels good to uh, actually create something that people are really enjoying like that. Have you had an opportunity to play other games like uh, Solera or other type of games that have added accessibility? And has that kind of sort of given you some ideas? Or do you network with some of those other developers like Quasi from Stem Stumper or what have you? No, I mean, that's a great idea. We just had, with only two of us, there's just uh, no downtime for anything right now. Um, I have turned on voiceover and played some of our like competitor games out there just to make sure that we stay ahead of the game. Um, it seems like a lot of them will just label their stuff and you need to flick around to see what's going on. And we're really trying to make it so it's more immersive. And I mean, our big thing that we always say is try to keep it a complete level playing field between the two, uh, sighted and non-sighted. And uh, I mean, there's some things that are available only to the, the low vision users that aren't available to the sighted users because they don't need it to kind of level that playing field. I would, I mean, I'd love to talk to you after. Maybe uh, you can send me an email of some of the other games that are doing a good job and uh, make sure that we're keeping up to par with everybody. Absolutely. We've interviewed uh, some other uh, in developers of games, uh, even on this show, uh, uh, Quasi Mensa is one of our very first interviews on that Android show. And he was just on again in March about Spellstack, which is a recent release. And uh, people can go back to our archives and check that out. The thing that I find compelling, and I've asked this of many developers that we've had on our various shows, it feels very familiar to do things in the iOS universe, but it becomes very challenging on all sorts of levels when you get over to the Android universe. Letter, I mean, whether it be you use the game center equivalent, you know, play games and achievements in the Android universe, or you decide minimum hardware spec, or you decide minimum Android version. Uh, what were some of the things that you may have taken for granted on iOS that turned out to be some significant challenges when you moved over to looking at Android? Well, one of the big challenges is all the different screen sizes. I guess on the talkback side, that doesn't matter as much, but when we started doing it on a bunch of different screen sizes, I think all the layouts of the screens were all over the place. So we ended up having to go out and buy a bunch of devices and rewrite a bunch of layouts just to try to get all that sorted out. One thing with the TalkBack that was a big challenge was I had uh, started all my development with a uh, version of KitKat on a device, and it was going pretty well until I went and put a version, what would it have, 4.03, I don't know what the name of that one is. And, ice cream uh, sandwich. Ice cream sandwich. So I started testing with that, and uh, the TalkBack did not function the same way at all, so we had to go back through and uh, recode a lot of stuff, so it worked on both devices. And then as far as going back to certain or supporting certain uh, 
Android OSs. That was just, uh, we had to support, or we wanted to support uh, certain things with the API, and we went back as far as we could, and we are still learning right there. I mean, right now we support back to 3.0, and we are getting some good feedback, and I don't know how long we'll be able to support 3.0, but we just have to see going forward feedback from users and let us know where, uh, where our shortcomings are. But, I mean, it's just the unknown. The unknown is the big hard part because we really don't know. There's no way to test on every device. I think if you go to the, uh, in our developer portal, we support like 4,500 devices. So there's no way to know what it looks like on all 4,500. Agreed. Agreed. Anna made a comment during our news section that a lot of individuals in Central America and South America are encountering devices of Android that are running Froyo, which would be 2.3 or below. And is that a challenge? Have you, have you had issues with language or localization, or has the user community been very good so far to give you good feedback in what's working and what's not? It's been pretty good, but it's also been pretty silent. I mean, we're, we're really looking forward to the emails, and I hope whoever uh, listens to this and plays the game, don't be shy and use that feedback button and let us know uh, how it could be improved, what you like, what you don't like, because that's the only way we're going to know how to make these changes. Um, as far as 2.3, we tried to support 2.3, but there was just too many things that weren't supported in TalkBack or uh, in other things that we tried to do, and uh, we ended up having to cut 2.3 out. I know it still makes up uh, maybe 15% of the Android market, which is a bummer that we can't support that, but it was, it was just impossible with some of the things that we tried to do. And as far as localization goes, now that we have Droid and iOS out, we're going to mainly focus on getting it out in a lot of different languages to as many countries as we can because we just want to grow the user base at this point. That makes a lot of sense. I recently, uh, my Droid 4, which was my mainstay phone, died and I had to go back to my original LG Ally, which was in version 2s. And I understand exactly what you're saying. There is such a big leap between the level of access and, like you said, versions of screens and available availability uh, that it is kind of tough, and it, it really does hurt to have to say this is my cutoff point, but it makes a lot of sense. Now, were there any features or were there any types of approaches in iOS that you felt like you couldn't pull over to Android, or was there something in the Android version that you think excels over the iOS version, having some time now under the belt with both releases? Well, the one good thing, we talked about this before we started the interview, the one good thing about iOS was the standard screen sizes. So, I mean, it was a pretty controlled environment. That sounds like that's going away with uh, the new iPhones that are coming out. But I would say overall, developing for Droid is, uh, I like it better. They give you a little more flexibility to paying to deal with the different versions and the different manufacturers have their different flavors of the iOS. Once you've got a solid framework, I think developing for Droid was uh, much cleaner. And they don't tie your hands as much as uh, Apple, in my opinion. Um, one example would be in Droid, we're allowed to use a lot of different custom dialogues to make the app look pretty snappy and uh, respond a little bit different and look a little more custom. Whereas in Apple, we use a lot of their embedded frameworks for alerts and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it, it all looks like it's built into Apple, which is nice, but it's nice to have that custom uh, feel to it as well. And I think you get that all with Droid. Do you feel any different about, let's say, the App Store restrictions or purchase notifications or how you have to do that through cross-platform? I know 
there's a lot of conversation going back and forth between uh, doing something native to iOS and letting Apple uh, have their way with it. But traditionally, a lot of developers have come on our program and say, I really like the flexibility that I have within the Google Play ecosystem. It's so much so that you know I'm going to do either do that exclusively or I'm going to use something that will work as a payment system on either side. Yeah, I mean, definitely Google is much less stressful to work with in regards to all of that. I mean, just being able, if you have a, a critical bug, to stick it back out there on the Play Store and have it there in three hours instead of going through Apple and having to beg through multiple emails to get it out there within the next week is, uh, is huge. As far as the in-app billing, that seems to me to be about the same as uh, the, the App Store stuff on the iOS side. But there are many, many less restrictions on the Droid side that just make it much more, much nicer to work with. Yeah, there's a lot of conversation that Test Flight was purchased by Apple to have some of the same experience you would have in the Google Play Store, moving something from alpha to production, because that came out of Google I.O. last year, which I think is by far one of the sneakier and better things that came out of I.O. was people really don't understand the process of what it takes to submit an app and how far you have to go. And it may take a while to propagate across a billion devices if you need it to. But it is nice to be able to have that sitting in, in Google's backyard. And hopefully, maybe with Test Flight, that'll change. Yeah, I tried Test Flight early on and just had bad luck with it. It was very glitchy. So I ended up going with uh, just a third-party free service that will let me do my uh, iOS over-the-air distribution. Right. But uh, Google Play Store with the alpha beta and all that, I mean, that's just, that's great. I love, that was one of the first things that uh, really hit me was this going to be so much easier working with a test team. Yeah, the console just lends itself to a lot of opportunities. And I'm, I'm curious, we're recording this before Google I.O. Um, I'm curious to see if that's refined moving forward for being able to do a lot of that in future. Now, speaking of the future, there are updates. You said you just submitted one to the App Store for the iOS guys. Do you have a, a short, I don't want you to you know play all your cards here, of course, today. And of course, this is a dice game, so I wouldn't want you to play cards anyway. But do you have any uh, things that you could let our listeners in on what to expect or what, if anything, they might want to keep in mind with tournaments uh, coming up or anything of that nature? Yeah, on the Droid side, that's our main focus is getting the tournaments out there for everybody. Uh, tournaments are a lot of fun. It'll be nice when Droid and iOS users can play against each other in the same tournaments. What we're doing right now, I mean, we're just wrapping it up, but we have so much testing to do on that to make sure that there's no loopholes in there where people can cheat on a tournament. So we're just uh, testing that like crazy, and we're probably going to roll out the Farkle and the Pig tournaments first, and then the Balut and the Yahtzee tournaments uh, in the next phase. But they should be coming up soon. Um, we're just focusing on getting user feedback, um, definitely talk back user feedback. We're still in the early phases of the Droid version, and we just need to make that better, and then getting it out in multiple languages. Any chance we could have factions? Let's say if we get multi-platform play going, uh, it would be king of the hill for a while, but uh, possibly uh, the Droids versus the Apples at some point, maybe, you know, little flags or something that could be uh, best Droid or something in his category or something like that. I've, I've done too much community management. I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> no, that's a great idea. And it might be kind of cool just to have that on the user profile to uh, at least see which uh, device they're using while you're playing against them. 
But another thing that's going to be coming up that kind of lends itself to what you were saying is kind of revamping the leaderboards. Um, right now they're pretty basic, so having categories for Droid and iOS might be good, and it's going to be expanded to maybe the top 1,000. Make that whole thing a little bit slicker, as well as the user stats are going to keep improving too. Well, you you got to have Alliance versus Horde, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, you got to have Cowboys versus Texans. You got to have those classic battles, you know, where uh, fanboy versus fanboy. You know, you, you can't ignore those things. Those are those are what drive things uh, forward, especially if there's a coveted cup to fight for or something to rally the troops. That's when we should really see the trash talking on Twitter. I would think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's another thing. Keep thinking of things things that are coming up. Um, the achievements. We're going to have achievements as well. So maybe we'll, we'll uh, add a few achievements that are just iOS or Android uh, champion achievements. Get the smack. Now, now, now you're going to make me start writing a Xbox 360 ones. So you know uh, those those silly ones like uh, uh, you know most robotic. Done as many automated tweets as possible. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so <laughs> there's 30 in a day. Uh, and so, but I mean, that's really what what I think I'm really impressed about is the way that you guys have been able to achieve some to, uh, work towards critical mass in social media because that's how I came upon uh, you guys. Not even through Applebiz or my friends. I saw you guys about as much as Deal Space, and I was like, "What is this dice world?" and that had to be gratifying that you guys found a way to kind of sort of gain some momentum from social media where some games had done that in 2009, but it seemed to have dropped off after a while. Yeah, that one is uh, kind of a tricky one, though, because, I mean, some people get really upset about all the tweets that are going on out there. So we've, act, we've added hashtags, I mean, a, different, a bunch of different ways to make it possible for people to filter out the tweets because we don't want to be right. annoying anybody, but obviously we are annoying to uh, some people out there and we hear it. So we're trying to uh, figure out a way to balance that and not be annoying, but yet still let people tweet and get a gold or whatever they want to do. Maybe it just takes a picker of funny options or an idea of, of um, different uh, trash talking or slam talking or something like that. Again, I'll steal from the Xbox Live community. I mean, you know, there's a lot there to uh, be done as long as we don't go too trolly. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely right. And we thought about things like that, but it's just, Time and uh, development time to get it all in there. But that's a great idea. Absolutely. Well, anything that can make users feel like they're a part of the larger gaming culture. I, I am a huge gamer, uh, and so I'm familiar with some of the tropes that you would see, even you know, like A3 last week. Um, so I have some idea of what kind of things are working well in that community, and it's always gratifying for us to be able to have that in the blind and low vision community because we're using devices that other people are using, uh, mainstream devices. It's nice also to have some of the internet niceties, as it were, to go along with that. Well, Nick, where can people find information about your company? Uh, where can they find the apps? And uh, what more can people do to provide you feedback on uh, certain areas that you're looking for to assist with the game? As far as feedback, there is a... In the Android and the iOS version, there's a feedback button. And when you use that, it will uh, compose an email for you that has your username and your device and your OS version and all that, which is very helpful for us when we're either trying to debug the issue that you're having or figure out what's going on. So I recommend anybody who has anything to say at all, good or bad, you're not going to hurt our feelings. We want to make the game better. Use that feedback button and... 
just send us your comments. I read every single one of them, and I reply to every single one of them. Our website is diceworldgame.com. There's just some basic information about the game there with a link to both the iOS store and the Google Play store. And then uh, Twitter is a good way to get messages to us, too. We're just at dice underscore world. And then you can also uh, like us on Facebook, and we post new information on new releases and stuff like that. When that's coming out, we'll post that on Facebook to get that out to everybody. Excellent. If you missed any of that information, you'll be able to find it at the show notes over at thatandroidshow.com. Thatandroidshow.com. And you can find any of our resources there as well, especially those from this particular episode. Nick, I really do appreciate you giving me something to have in my hand while waiting in line, while killing time while others are in the grocery store. Or I wake up in the middle of the night and I want to forget about the text message I got from work, so I'm going to roll some dice. So I am definitely a fan, and I thank you for taking some time out with us here on that Android show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And like I said, any uh, feedback anybody has, don't be scared to let us know. We will uh, pretty much implement anything you say as long as we think it's a good idea. So you can't, uh, don't be afraid to bring up any idea. Excellent. Definitely more games coming to this platform, and I think that's a good thing. That's how iOS got even more popular. And whatever we can do to assist developers like this who are reaching out to us, we really should do. So, Nick, again, thank you for your time today. Great. Thanks, Joe. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I, I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. <laughs> Time for another That Android Show app review, and this time it's a really cool game called QuizUp. Q-U-I-Z-U-P, all one word in the Play Store. QuizUp is a multiple-choice trivia game which has hundreds of categories, hundreds of thousands of questions you can play either against uh, just random people or you can challenge your friends. It's one of those that's accessible currently on Android. Um, There is an iOS version which uh, hopefully they'll work on making accessible over there. But uh, for now, you can challenge all your Android friends, and uh, you can play the game. So I'm going to actually show you how to play a round of Quiz Up. Now, my speech is going to be fast for this demo because the trivia questions come up rapid fire. There's seven in a round, and you only have about 15, 20 seconds to do the answers. So you pretty much have to do fast voices to make this work. So here we go. So the uh, main screen here has um, just a lot of you know different categories. I'll show you what your friends are doing. You can control all sorts of settings. It's pretty well labeled. So those are some categories it's suggesting right now. U.S. states, geography. I don't know if I like those ideas. The settings button you just heard instantly was not labeled, but I used Android. 4.3 and newer's uh, label feature to label that with talkback. So let's find a favorite topic. 90s music. There we go. Double tap that. And we're going to play now. So the questions are going to pop up in the top left corner of the screen and the answers will be below it. The only way to do this effectively, in my opinion, is to do 
explore by touch. You pretty much got to tap near the top left corner of the screen until you hear the question and then go down to one of the four answer uh, choices. You'll hear a ding if you get one correct. If not, you hear kind of a little blip. There is music that you can turn off, but we're going to leave it on because it's kind of cool. So here we go. Here's the round and then I'll explain a couple more things. We're just going to play now, which means it's going to pick a random opponent. And here we go. It's finding an opponent. And we already got one. And as soon as you it, here we go. Oh, that's not even easy. Nope. That's not an easy question. Wait for the next one to pop up. The sign. Bunk. I saw the sign. Yeah, T-Boss, left eye, chili. TLC. Uh, I think that's it. No. There was a follow-up to the follow-up for Aqua? Aqua is the Barbie girl. People. Uh... That was a lucky guess. Two more. Before I let you go, 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 before I what position? I don't think that's a very easy question, but hey, we're gonna try it. Uh, no, not a good round. So seven questions, and now we're gonna see how we did. I'm guessing we're not gonna have one. Nope. So it's gonna show us our score. You get some points uh, for experience and things like that. You know, you can get trophies and unlock badges and all these type of things. We'll see who we played against. Another beginner. So I got 46 match points, which wasn't very good. 86 experience. So how that works is there's seven questions, and for the first six questions, you get up to 20 points if you get the question right. The faster you answer the question, the more points you get. So it is definitely to your advantage to do the explore by touch to find the correct part of the screen right away. The last question is double. So up to 40 points. If you don't get a question right, you get zero points for that question. And of course, if you have more than your opponent, you win the round, which, well, what does that mean? I don't know. It means you win the round. Tons of categories, everything from history and music, like I just did there and not very well, to you know movies, sports, all over the place, specific categories. Like if you want a, uh, a Beyonce category, well, it's there for whatever reason. It's in the game. So lots of different things that you can play. Uh, and most of the categories are cool. I had one, I did a US states category and it was, which state is pictured? I'm like, well, uh, don't think I'm doing that one. And there was, I saw a match the flag category. I don't think we'd, you know, that'd be a little bit more difficult to play if you couldn't see. So a couple of things like that. Most of the things are labeled. Sometimes you have to do a little bit of guesswork to see what's going on, but it's generally a pretty cool app. Um, fun to play. You can sign up with uh, Facebook or Twitter um, or Google Plus or email. And the idea is, of course, to link it to your friends and you can challenge your friends. 
uh, and quiz up and um, exercise your trivia trivia masterness. It's not even a word, but you know that's how it goes. Again, quiz up. Q U I Z U P. Available on Google Play. It's free. They have in-app purchases for power-ups for experience, so it helps you get experience faster. <laughs> Whatever, who cares? I just think that's kind of goofy, but it's there. And uh, but generally, it's a free game, and it's really uh, fun and addictive to play. So uh, there you go, another app review on that Android show. You've got mail. It's time for the that Android show mail bag. <laughs> <laughs> That gets longer and curvier every time. Every time. Well, <laughs> this is how it is. It, it's kind of, <laughs> oh. kind of gets stretched. Crikey, um, I, need, I need a beer. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get, get a beer too, and then uh, you can send in an I, uh, A report uh, through the uh, the iBlank radio report. app. An A report. An A report. I like that. I like A report. Yeah. They're Android yes. reports. Can we I have like A reports? That's right. Not I reports. Yes. Can we have send A reports? Your, send yeah. your A report on the, uh, the iBlank radio app. I can't change the name of the app because it is called iBlank radio. Yeah. Um, can't can't we have can, Android um, called A Blink? A Blink. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Put it in. Register it. <laughs> Joking on that. And then, uh, <laughs> um, oh, you could do uh, um, resources at serialtalk.com at, at that Android show on Twitter, that Android show.com. And, um, I don't know the number for the blab line. They they give it on that other show. So go ahead, call it if you can find the number. Um, what, what do we have on? <laughs> All right. So our first question actually came in last time, and it's from Jane. Hi everybody on Sarah's. This is Jane and I. I have a comment to make on the triple click home of the home button on a Galaxy S5. Um, I was trying to help an instructor. He had TalkBack enabled and everything, but I wanted to go to the accessibility settings to um, some things with TalkBack, mainly the two-finger press to to, um, enable accessibility. Unfortunately, when I I accidentally pressed the home button three times, and I think I double-tapped because there's a menu that comes up that says accessibility, and settings, and then talkback. I accidentally double tapped the talkback button or um, and item, and then when I tried to bring up talkback again, talkback didn't come up at all. So that tri- triple click home, I did that. Um, I thought I can enable talk, but I think that menu comes up again and. Uh, you need to select it. Maybe some people have experienced other things, but I don't know if it works as advertised, but my experience is different. So, okay. All right, so basically she's having trouble with the triple-click home command for starting accessibility on the S5. It's not working for her as advertised. So, Steve, you are now our S5 expert, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. Jane, actually, this is not obvious. Now, what you have to do is you have to go into settings. So your system settings, accessibility. Don't go into vision because it's not in vision because that would make it too easy, wouldn't it? Instead of going, <laughs> to, <laughs> instead of going to vision, you, you will find something in accessibility called direct access. 
and it will say direct access off. So you double tap it and then you go into a kind of settings dialog and you will find a switch to turn on direct access. Be sure to turn it on, otherwise it won't work. And if you swipe or you explore, you will also find settings, a tick box for talkback, a tick box for negative colors, and a tick box for interactions. So if you want talkback, you tick talkback, and you untick interactions, and you untick negative colors. What happens then is every time you triple click the home button, talkback will say talkback disabled, and then again you do it and it will say talkback enabled and come back on. Now, it's important to untick interactions because what it will do is if you don't untick interactions, talkback will come up, uh, sorry, no, um, the, the settings will come up and they'll ask you whether you want talkback or magnification, but it doesn't speak. So it's kind of um. tricky. It's kind of tricky. So you have to disable, just, just to summarize, settings, uh, go into direct access. It'll be off probably because you haven't turned it on. You turn it on and then you, you move and you'll find in there there'll be a thing called accessibility settings. You don't tick it. You just It's a heading and you just move your fingers past and down there you've got talkback on, negative colors on, interaction on, turn off interaction, turn off negative colors unless you want them as well and turn on talkback. In other words, you turn on what you want triple click home to do. And then once you've done that, back out of it, and then triple click home will work as you want it to work. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, our next A report. Joe, are you listening? A report <laughs> is from Tasha. Hi, this is Tasha. And I've been listening to all of the shows, which is good. I like to listen to and I learned quite a lot. But anyhow, I have a question for the Android. Is Amazon accessible for Android? Thank you. Okay, so Tasha is asking us if Amazon is accessible on Android. Is that Amazon Local? Exactly. Is that Amazon not quite MP3? Sure. <laughs> we have a lot of apps. Kindle's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. The store app I haven't played with it in a while, but Seems far as to I work. know. There's no instant video on Amazon Android, but that's just a Amazon goof job issue. <laughs> Everything it's all free. It's all free. Go download free. it and find out. Um, <laughs> the the cloud thing. I, I mean, last I remember, like there was like various uh, unlabel button here or there, but I haven't played with the stuff in a while, so maybe that's a lot uh, has been fixed by now. I really have nothing to add here. There was a big long thread about um, somebody having trouble with the Amazon app. And it sounds like it is, but it's you can't swipe all the way through it. There are parts of it where you have to explore, but you can make purchases and shop and blah, blah. Go get the Blind Bargains app, and then you can search, and then all the Amazon results oh, pop up. The yeah. Yeah. It's like I like you search it. to the website. Yeah, to, uh, complete US only. Sorry, Steve. But I was going to say, you can't search Amazon UK with it. You still haven't done anything about that. No, you can't. No, it is a US, it is a US uh, based app at this point. Sucks. Well, at least uh, that part of it is. It sucks, doesn't it, really? <laughs> Yeah, no. well, <laughs> sorry, our, our three UK users. All these, all yeah, these US people think the world is, resides in the US. I don't know. Well, it's because we got the money. <laughs> and US does stand for us, you know. No, no. Well, it does, doesn't it? Because the rest of us are them. Stands, aren't we? For, stands for you suck. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> US, you suck. I like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. 
So, moving on to Ben. Anna, Joe, Steve, this is Ben calling in from Spokane, Washington, and I'm calling in to leave an eye report for that Android show, episode 28. Um, Again, all three of you did an excellent job. Anna, it was wonderful to have you back on the show. And Joe, it was great to have you back on the show as well. And I missed JJ. He's really cool. But Joe, it was awesome to have you back on the show. And anyway, I just wanted to say, Anna, it was really great to hear Jammin' Jerry's voice on this episode of that Android show. And I definitely remember him from Android from an Accessible Point of View podcast that he did. And I definitely listened to all of those. And I found them extremely helpful in regards to learning the Android OS. And I just really appreciated him taking the time to put those together. It was an honor to have him on the show and to hear his voice, and it was just really great. Anyway, keep up the great work, and I hope by the next episode, episode 29, I'll have my Android phone and I'll uh, be a part of the Android camp, as it's called. So anyway, I will talk with you all later. Thanks so much. Okay, so, hey, fantastic. You're going to have a new Android phone soon. Very good, very good. You will be part of the Select. I like it. And Ben is also telling us he's really happy that uh, Jam and Jerry was on the podcast for this last time. And and I am, too. He's done a lot for the community. A lot of people enjoy his podcasts. Yeah, he's he just has, uh, yeah. released a Great. few new ones. And so I, I'm really glad he was on with us. I'm really uh, happy that uh, he became part of our little community. All right, the next A report is from Jessica. This is for that Android show. I just wanted to say for that Android show, episode 28, where was included the website for accessibility setup of a new Android device. That was extremely helpful. Thank you so much. You all have a great day and keep doing a great job. My name is Jessica. She's thanking us for pointing her to the website on how to set up a new phone. I believe that was part of um, Jerry's conversation with us. And we're happy to help, and we're happy to point you to good resources like uh, Jerry. Finally, our last A report is a nice, helpful tip. Hi, this is Phil from Oklahoma, and I just wanted to comment and respond to something that Joe had said about Um, being able to dismiss notifications on the Google Now cards. If you take two fingers on the icon that you want to dismiss and you swipe to the right, then it will just say done for now, undo, and it dismisses the card. So instead of swiping to the left, and the I guess the problem is that it was taking him to the home screen, then if you swipe to the right, you will not run into that problem. Otherwise, um, I love that Android show. (laughs) It's my favorite podcast, and I just wanted to express my appreciation for that podcast. Thanks for all you do. Okay, so she's telling us about how to dismiss 
Google Now cards. And yes, the trick is to swipe. It's funny, sometimes swiping left seems to do it for me, sometimes swiping right. And um, the key is to make sure you swipe in a horizontal. So it takes a little practice, but once you get it, it works all the time. So she's giving us a, a helpful hint, especially for Joe, who had Google card issues. I've found, too, it really depends on the device. Like, for instance, when I was playing with the S5, and maybe you saw this, Steve, it seems like it was picking up the the L gestures a lot better than, than a lot of the other phones yes. and tablets that I've played with in the past. Yes, it does, it's just yeah. a lot better job of seeing where your, your hands are. I do agree with that. I, I have a tablet, and I've had four, three phones, and I think they've all been a little different in terms of how they pick up the gestures. Yeah, so. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised if you get an S5, especially. There's an email from Jessica. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's really long, but pretty much it's a nice little testimonial of how she was an iPhone fan forever and ever and ever and hated Android and talked badly about Android and then got an Android. Yeah. She loved it. Mm-hmm. And now she pretty much moved over to Android and does everything there. So, um, well, there you go. So sometimes it's just, you know, people like to talk about things without trying them and uh, you get them both. If you, if you if you're if you have the money, get yeah, get a tablet I, I have and, and see what you got. I, I got an iPad. I actually I have my Nexus Seven sitting on top of my iPad Mini. <laughs> I have an iPhone. <laughs> I have an iPhone five S, and I've got an S five. How about that? I have a five S oh, and an S five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now she did ask us a question that we get asked a lot. She wanted to know why our my blog and JJ's um, website are out of date. We all want to know that. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it, maintaining a, a website or a blog is a lot of work, and we kind of do it on our spare time, and yeah. so it's hard to. I mean, I would love, I would love we, it if somebody gave me a lot of money so I could just work on that. But why don't you start um, a Kickstarter, Anna? Why don't you we, allow? We need a Kickstarter. Why, why don't you allow moderators? Why don't you allow people to do it? You know, people maybe that you trust that can update it for you and things like that. And maybe that's the way to go. Um, you know, don't take it all on yourself. Yeah. I have asked for volunteers. Have you? You never asked me. I'll still say no, but you never asked me. <laughs> no. <laughs> My point you, perhaps, exactly. Per, perhaps I'm not good no. enough yet for Android for Anna. You know, maybe she thinks I don't know enough yet. I've, I've got to keep practicing. I don't know. No, I mean, people tell me that they would love to do. She, she wasn't a fan of your gestures. It. No, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like the way you do your gestures, Steve. I just don't. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I mean I get people who are who have great intentions. They tell me they they want to um, help, but they don't send me tutorials, or they're willing to do whatever I tell them to do. But having to supervise somebody is also a lot of work. So I'm happy to take help from people who write up tutorials and so on. Yeah, those of you and those people who have written things on the eyes free list. Maybe it is that that we or other people, if we if we can get some permission to, hey, I mean, yeah, it's a public mailing list, but hey, you know, do you want this posted somewhere? Because there are some. Sometimes people write up some pretty cool things. Exactly. Exactly. It it probably would behoove us to try to collect them a little better. 
And and that's something um, that I'm trying to do is collect. But, you know, again, it's a high-traffic list, and I only have a little time, maybe oh, an gosh. hour a day to work on it. Tell me about it. I'm and about a week so beyond. We're just going to have a thousand messages. Feel free to yeah, send me information off-list. Like, if you post a really kick-ass tutorial on the Eyes Free list, feel free to send it to me off-list. I'm more likely to get it, and I can either post it directly or do some editing and, and post it, whatever. It's fine. And our last piece of mail comes from Mike Arrigo. He's basically a big fan of custom ROMs, as we've heard, and he is suggesting that maybe we do an episode on the easy installers. And there are oh some e- easy installers, That's so niche. who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe Tell not. you what. Who knows? I don't like to say this. I mean, I, I've put ice cream sandwich on my uh, Nexus, Galaxy Nexus, and it really slowed the phone down. With signage and mod. I got kick out on it. Oh, Sorry. did it? It really slowed mm-hmm. the phone down. I'm still m- not madly a fan of custom ROM. And I found out as well, I've read articles that if you mod an, a Samsung phone, like a Galaxy S3 or S4, you actually lose audio quality. It starts stuttering and things like that. Cause Samsung did you hear about the cyanogen bug that happened yeah. this week? What was that? There was a bit that wasn't said or something, and all of the cyanogen KitKat phones started getting the over-the-air stock 443 update. <laughs> and then, and then, not only was it trying to download, like it would download and fail and uninstall, so then it would re-download. So some people's data overages were just going crazy. Oh, no. Wow! But wow. I mean, I, I I must admit, I, at first I hated custom ROMs, and then I put one on my Galaxy Nexus, and I thought this is good. I've got KitKat on it, but the phone was pretty slow with KitKat on it. And I mean, you can't even do things like read the battery status, you know, in 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 Cyanogen without mm. customizing it. You know, you got to go in and set it to icon. And now I've discovered it doesn't read uh, the, the battery status, and it's you have to go into notifications topic. and do it. It's very niche, and you know, don't don't do it unless you're really feeling geeky. You know, people do it just for the sake of doing it. And uh, so, well, uh, sorry, Mike, like I have to, to say, <laughs> and yeah. if you're a tinkerer, that's your thing. You know, no, yeah. I'm a tinkerer, and I'm I'm a tinkerer, mm. but. But you know, yeah. I, I don't and see it's still why. My thing. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I still I don't see why you should update to a newer version of Android to lose functionality. Yeah, there is that. Like the audio on the S3 and, and the S4. At this point, like I I, th- I thought about rooting my Droid Four and doing yeah. like you could do the side bootloader or whatever, and there's ways to get around it. But I'm gonna get a new phone anyway. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sorry, Mike. I, I like custom ROMing to some degree, but it does lose you some functionality. Thank you all for your, your A reports, and uh, we look forward to more of them uh, next time. Hopefully, we'll see uh, some talk about I.O. and everything else. And if uh, if you've played with anything that we've talked about in this episode, um, especially the things that we don't necessarily know as much about, let us know uh, your experiences, because we don't have time to try all 800,000 apps. <laughs> We'd love just to. Just half but... of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just half of them. But I, I played with, uh, remember The Legend of the Red Dragon? You got, any of you guys remember? That was the old... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Bulletin board game from mm-hmm. the 90s. There's mm-hmm. a version on Android. Yeah, so I heard the review. Legend. It's in Dropbox, isn't it? The Blue Dragon. Yeah. yeah. We, you heard it now. You're lucky. Uh, I think we're actually going to put it probably in like the next episode or, you know, it'll, it'll be down an episode or so. Yeah. But Legend of the Blue Dragon, you can yeah. go grab it now. It, 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 it's, it's there. It's, it's a very playable version of the, the old uh, Dirty. Very so. cool. Very Coming cool. Coming up in a future episode. And next time I'll be telling you all about my. Thrills and excitements at Google I.O. Google I.O. I.O. <laughs> it's off to work we go. <laughs> <laughs>
He's worried, really. Are you sure he didn't already have we that beer? We are three sad people who just have too much time. <laughs> That's going to do it for episode 29 of That Android Show. Thanks to our producer extraordinaire, uh, who doesn't ever get a day off ever, uh, Joe Steinkamp, our, our also audio manager, Patrick Purdue, and then, of course, all you guys for listening. <laughs> I'm JJ Meadow. You can catch me uh, over on Blind Bargains um, at blindbargains.com, also over at AT Guys, where um, yeah, you can get some really cool speakers and some other things uh, for your Android. I'm Access Anna. At the sadly neglected accessible android.wordpress.com blog. And I'm Steve, the Talking Droid. You can find me, Talking Droid, on uh, Twitter, www.comproom.co.uk, where you can find some equally fun apps for Androids and iPhones and uh, not apps, um, gadgets, uh, access- accessories for them. Anyway, that's going to do it. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.